Jordan, man, welcome to the show. Um, it's been a while since we last spoke. I was on your podcast and um, a lot of time has passed and you've had some awesome developments and I'm really excited to hear about it. Uh, so why don't you get us started by, you know, just introducing yourself and tell us about uh, everyday AI and what you've been up to. Yeah, no, Eamon, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, it seems like the last couple of months have been a blur. Uh, but just real quick, yeah, so my name's Jordan. Uh, so I own a uh, boutique digital strategy agency called Accelerant Agency. Uh, but a lot of my time now is is spent, you know, doing a daily, yes, a daily uh, live stream podcast and free daily newsletter, helping everyday people learn and leverage AI. So that's called uh, Everyday AI. So it's it's been a been a big, you know, it's kind of started off as like, oh, let's do this uh, side project. You know, hopefully people find it helpful. You know, this is kind of, um, you know, this was, I think in April we started. Um, and, you know, I knew that there was a lot of interest from everyday people trying to learn AI because it seemed like a lot of the information was geared toward highly technical people. Um, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride the last uh, last couple of months since we got this started. So tell me, like, what inspired you to actually start Everyday AI? I mean, you mentioned briefly that you, you wanted to help the everyday person kind of learn about it. Um, but, you know, is this something you're super passionate about? I mean, obviously, you're in digital and you've been in it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Even even me personally, I'm like part old school digital strategist. So, you know, I've been doing different, uh, you know, I guess marketing deliverables for like 20, uh, 20 years um, and but I'm also very much always a forward thinker, um, kind of looking at what's happening, um, you know, on the horizon. So uh, I would say I'm also a very, very strong AI enthusiast, obviously. So uh, kind of, yeah, what um, what prompted it to, to start was both I did because I was I was trying to learn other things as well. Um, you, you know, when I first started this, you know, uh, our team had been using you know, the GPT technology, which is, you know, a lot of people, we talk about chat GPT a lot. Um, and I think it's integrated uh, into a lot of people's uh, daily workflows now. Um, but, you know, that didn't come out in November, 2022. The GPT technology has been out now for almost three years. Um, and we've been using it since it was publicly available. So, so part of it was with everyday AI and the creation is I felt there wasn't a good resource for non-technical people, but also with, you know, at, at the time, even the information I saw people putting out there, specifically after ChatGPT was released, I just noticed a lot of it was just bad information. So it, it was kind of a combination of there's not anything for the everyday person. Everything's very technical. Um, and then also just seeing a lot of just bad information out there specifically on how to work with large language models. Uh, so it just, it was kind of those two things uh, combined that led me to say, okay, um, let's start a daily initiative um, and, and hopefully kind of, um, you know, start to be a voice for people that can come together and, uh, you know, kind of cut through the mess because there's a lot of mess out there in the uh, generative AI space. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about the growth because, you know, you started, you know, humble beginnings and I noticed you had posted something um, maybe a month ago about how, you know, being consistent was key to your growth. Um, I know it's not super relevant to AI itself, but I'm really curious to know how how you kind of envisioned that growth. Was did it surprise you? And you know, what do you, what does the future look like for your podcast? Yeah, um, this might come off the wrong way, but the growth d 
didn't necessarily surprise me. Um, you know, being, being in digital strategy, this is something we talk to clients all the time. We say, if you put out, you know, high quality content every single day, if you do it consistently, if you have all of your, you know, your technical, you know, SEO in line, if you're doing the right types of, of paid promotions, all of those things will pay off eventually. Right. So, um, I guess I'm not surprised, um, that the, the podcast and the live stream and the newsletter have, have, um, you know, kind of picked up steam, so to speak, because we did on the front end, we did our due diligence and we, we looked at even as an example, right. We're getting more into the startup space here, but we looked at the product market fit and we said, there's, there's no one right now trying to help the everyday person and the everyday person needs help. Right. Right. Um, and, and we looked at all the other newsletters out there and they're great newsletters. Don't get me wrong, but everything was very focused on, you know, here's these 10 new tools, you know, and, and here, you know, so they were just really focused on the highly technical. It's like, Oh, here's breaking down a, you know, 50 page, um, study on transformers. Right. But the everyday person, they don't care about that necessarily. And they don't want to use 20 new tools every single day. Yeah, they just want to see, yeah, they just want to see how they can use it. So what do you guys talk about? Everything. <laughs> um, no. So, I mean, you know, a good example is when you came on the show and talked digital transformation, right? So we try to bring people who are both experts and leaders in the field um, so, so we can kind of um, explain or, or demystify uh, certain aspects of generative AI. But then we also like to bring on people who are everyday people, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners, um, because I think you actually see from smaller businesses um, some very useful and applicable use cases of generative AI because there's less red tape, there's less bureaucracy. So um, we're actually seeing some exciting things that, you know, small businesses and, and entrepreneurs um, are doing that even bigger businesses or people that work in enterprise can, can learn from. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it reminds me of that statistic about how like an insane majority of podcast hosts only have a couple episodes and then they give up. So I think it's a testament to what you're doing that, of course, it's going to yield results because you're being consistent. So I think that's a, a great lesson. Um, as far as the AI itself and how everyday people can use it, I think that's really important. I think that, you know, enterprises are struggling to find a way to use it in a way that's, you know, secure, private, um, doesn't, you know, conflict with their data policies and their intellectual property rights and things like that. So I think that does give a ton of room for these smaller companies to, uh, to quickly and rapidly prototype using generative AI and things like that. So that's really interesting. What would you say your favorite piece of news has been in the last few months? Or what is the coolest thing you've seen? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but like, even if you have a few, uh, what, what would you say really liked, made you, made you uh, think, wow, this is awesome? So I promise this isn't extreme recency bias, but like two things just over the past, like one that was announced hours ago, not even two hours ago, um, and the other that was announced Thursday. So probably the two things that I'm really excited about um, is Microsoft Copilot. So, you know, they, um, Microsoft obviously announced this months ago, but they, um, had some specifics that they announced Thursday and they're starting to, um, you know, roll out these, these different features. So by far Microsoft Copilot is the thing I'm most excited about. You know, I say that being a, you know, 
I have a, I have an iPhone. I'm, I'm on, you know, I think I own four Mac computers. I don't know any, I don't own anything windows, uh, but I will be literally going to buy, uh, you know, a windows PC or two, just so I can take advantage of, uh, windows copilot and, you know, bringing generative AI to the operating system, uh, to me is going to be exponentially more, um, impactful for businesses than any other generative AI tool software that we've seen probably combined. Because uh, we've been working in these gen AI silos that don't really talk to each other. Um, you, you know, unless you get into some deep automation and if you're great at like chat GPT plugins, uh, you know, you can start to have those tools work together. But we've largely been working in generative AI silos for the last couple of years. Um, so that's one. And then the other thing, which was just announced like two hours ago, which Again, maybe this is more recency bias, but I spend so much time in ChatGPT, um, and they finally just announced, uh, you, you know, some basic multimodal um, features in. Uh, you can use images now, right? Yeah, well, well, I think they said over the next two weeks is is they're gonna roll it out. So they just announced it like it was at two and a half hours ago. I'm looking at my clock now because uh, you know I was refreshing right before I went live this morning. So yeah, being able to um, you know chat with photos. So these are all things that have been available technically in other large language models, uh, but I do think uh, ChatGPT is the most powerful. So that's uh, being able to chat with photos and then also being able to um, input with audio. So being able to talk um, by default to ChatGPT and have it um, you know, release text-to-speech or audio back. So much more conversational with how we would want to use uh, a large language model in our everyday life with you know, voice and photos. Mm. And for the audience, can you explain a little bit about uh, Copilot? Because I know that there was Copilot for Office 365, and it sounds like this Copilot is for Windows. So, and it's, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, the, the biggest use case for this, and the biggest reason why people hate Windows or hate Mac OS is because they don't know how to configure it the way they want. And I feel like AI is going to make settings pages basically obsolete. Um, because you can literally just talk to your Mac or your Windows and say, hey, when I close the laptop, I want you to hibernate, not go to sleep or something like that. And it'll just do it. So, I mean, that's really cool. Um, but what do you think the implications are? Are there any more details that came out that um, were interesting to you? Sure. So there's, um, I, I guess it's also important uh, because a lot of people are going to be talking about Copilot specifically like this week, um, because on September 26th, it is their initial kind of rollout of Microsoft Copilot. So that's going to be a free um, update inside Windows 11, just bringing a lot of new uh, Copilot or AI features um, to, to Windows. However, uh, kind of the bigger uh, picture is integrating all of these generative AI tools inside of Microsoft's apps. So, you, you know, your Microsoft, um, you know, your Outlook, your, uh, you, you know, your Microsoft Word, Microsoft, you know, Sheets, like all of those PowerPoint, that's coming in November 1st. So there's two very uh, distinct and separate rollouts. And then the one in November 1st, that's obviously the one that's going to be $30 per user per month. Um, that's what, you, you know, when I talk about uh, bringing generative AI to the operating system, that's more referencing, um, you know, what's going to be uh, the rollout that's going to start in November versus the kind of uh, introductory uh, rollout that's going to start this week that's going to be free for uh, Windows 11 users. Yeah, that's really exciting. I'm, I've been 
been talking to my team and management about hopefully getting Copilot when it's released. And I think it's a game changer, especially when it comes to synthesizing information for meetings and things like that. So, so those are the two most exciting things um, on your radar this past couple months, correct? Yeah, I mean, just, I do strongly believe that, you know, come November, December, um, it's going to, I think, feel weird on like how differently we will be able to work if you understand how to work with generative AI, if you understand large language models and even what a single person is capable of. Like I spend so many hours like reading, researching, um, you know, using generative AI. And when you bring it into an operating system and it can touch and now all of a sudden these silos can talk to each other, what a single human is now or will be capable of, especially if they really know how to use it, right? That's the key. Um, and and it's, it's going to be, I think, mind-blowing what individuals or small teams who really invest in Gen AI learning and understand large language models, what they're capable of. I, I can't even communicate it effectively. You know, I... Like the easiest thing is like, think of like how work was before the internet, right? Which not everyone can remember. I kind of can, you know, I was, you know, a teenager, I think when, you know, everyone got on the internet, so to speak, but I think it'll be much more impactful, um, to, to, to business development, to even just the economy than even the internet was, if I'm being honest. And so from using, uh, from you, like learning how to use it more effectively, what kind of advice can you give to others? Because I know that for me, I, for example, I set ChatGPT as my homepage because I wanted to use it more often. But what ended up happening is I just got used to the fact that it was my homepage and didn't, I stopped thinking about using it. And then I slowly stopped because I didn't build that habit, even though it's, I can use it every day, multiple times a day, if I just, you know, was more mindful about it. So, you know, what, what do you think people are doing to kind of get in a better habit of, of, uh, using generative AI to help them out. Yeah. What you said there is always my first piece of advice. So you've got that covered, right? Um, and, 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 and again, I'll, I'll even uh, broaden it up a little bit. Make your homepage, whether you use ChatGPT or something else, make it generative search, right? So, um, you know, set it to Bing's default generative search. You know, Google now has their SGE, search generative experience. So yes, set your homepage to one of even one of those three is perfect you know and if you use if you set it to chat gpt which is amazing always make sure that you have um kind of your quote unquote default mode is plugins and always make sure you have an internet enabled plugin um on on any new chat so that's always my 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 first piece of advice is change where you start your day once you open your browser right uh and then the next thing my next piece of advice is is don't and this is going to sound funny. Don't pay attention to, to people like, like me and you, right? Telling people, oh, go do this, go do that. No, don't. Like the best way to incorporate generative AI um, is to stop like chasing these 20 new tools every day. Um, stop trying to fit um, new shiny things into your workflow. Like the, the best way to do it, which sounds backwards, is disconnect from all of these gen AI tools and keep track of how you work and where you spend your time. And where is that like really that, um, you know, knowledge work, so to speak, 
um, because I think that's where generative AI is most impactful. Where are you spending the most time in that knowledge work? Reading, researching, writing. So first, I, I like to encourage people to um, categorize your types of work and to do it manually or, or use a time tracker, you know, if you're doing a lot of browser work um, or a time tracker on your desktop and, and do it for a week and don't use any generative AI tools and see where you're spending most of your time doing those repetitive um, knowledge work tasks. And then, and only then, you start at the top and you say, I'm spending most of my, or our team is spending the most manual time in this type of work. And then you see which generative AI tool is going to be the best for that. Maybe it's ChatGPT. Maybe it's, it's probably going to be Microsoft Copilot come November, but right now maybe it's ChatGPT. Maybe it's, you know, Anthropic Cloud. Maybe it's Midjourney, you know, depending on what type of work you do. I don't know, but you don't like you, you have to start at the end and work your way backwards and really reverse engineer to find out what are the best gen AI solutions for you and not just dive into what someone else is using. That's great advice. So basically use first principles thinking, think about how you spend your day, how to be most effective, and then look at how generative AI can help, you know, accommodate or um, facilitate some of those, those tasks. Exactly. You know, people just want to jump into a shiny vehicle without knowing the destination or knowing the best route to get there. And don't get me wrong, it'll be fun when you're in that shiny vehicle, but you don't know if it's taking you to the correct destination or if you're taking the right route to get there. So yes, it's definitely shifting uh, how you traditionally even use software, right? And it, because it is um, foundational um, for how you work. So yeah, you do have to take that uh, a slightly different approach. Yeah, that's great. Because I always talk to my clients and I do, you know, as you know, digital transformation. And one of the biggest mistakes is they look for how to implement a technology as opposed to looking how to elevate the user experience first and then finding the technology that's going to help them with that. So I, I love what you said about kind of doing that introspection. Um, on that note, uh, what would what would you say businesses are doing correctly or not correctly now? Um, you know, what advice would you have to a small, medium-sized business and then maybe even enterprise businesses, although that's a separate beast, I think. Yeah. I think enterprise business obviously, um, are much <laughs> like much more prepared, uh, for this generative AI transformation that I think is really going to, um, like if I'm being honest, I don't think we've felt generative AI yet. Um, you, you know, the, Chat GPT craze, I think, is a small pebble in the ocean uh, for for what's coming. Um, so, in terms of what businesses are doing right or wrong, I think, um, like we talked about, enterprise companies are much more prepared. They already have, you know, all these policies in place. But um, for small and medium sized businesses, the things that they're doing wrong. Number one is they don't like company wide. So many small and medium sized businesses haven't adopted any policies. Right. So you have, right. And I've heard from people, they're like, oh, well, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be using, you know, chat GPT or Bard. I don't know if it's allowed. So like <laughs> you already have, um, I guarantee. So if, if, if you're a, a CEO or, you know, the director of a large company and you're listening to this, your employees, whether you know it or not, right. They're already using generative AI. They just might not be telling you, um, or it's what's, what's crazy to me is you have, companies like medium-sized companies that block 
they, they, they just block, you know, open AI, chat GPT, Bard, whatever. And it's like, that's wild to me. So um, I do think now over the last month, uh, some of those companies that originally said, hey, we're banning, you know, this gen AI tool, we're banning this. I think they've started to uh, peel back on that as they've seen, okay, these companies are coming out um, with enterprise uh, offerings. So we can't just ban people because it's the future of work, right? But yeah. you still have small companies that don't, small medium companies that don't even have policies. They don't have governance. Um, they don't even have like anything from, you, you know, human resources, you, you know, setting guidelines. So I'd say that's the number one thing is companies, I think for the first, you know, couple, you know, quarter one, quarter two of 2023, they just ignored generative AI and said, ah, well, you know, we'll figure this out later, or this isn't for us. And now I think over the last, uh, you know, starting in quarter three, you know, starting in the summer companies were like, oh, wait, yeah, we can't ignore this. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is the future of work. So they've been scrambling to get all these pieces in play. Yeah, there's a big risk that if they just ignore it, it's, they're going to become obsolete. Absolutely. Large companies, I, I say this, like if you've already ignored generative AI up until this point, you're in trouble. Like you're like, it, I don't care. I said this, eight figure companies, nine figure companies, there's going to be some that either get acquired that maybe weren't in that position before. Maybe they were the ones acquiring their smaller competitors. So if you're already that far behind, or if you're still, uh, for whatever reason, uh, ignoring generative AI, you're setting your company up to either get acquired by someone that's actually smaller than you now, or you could just start losing business at a rapid rate, right? And that's not hyperbole. That is, again, um, you, you know, you know, the analogy I always draw is, 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 you know, when companies quote unquote, um, adapted to, to web 2.0 or whatever you want to call it, right. Social media, marketing automation, whatever. And I think companies had a nice cushy, you know, 10 year period where they could figure it out and they could push it off for a couple of years and be fine. Right. Um, I think companies had so long to, uh, adapt to kind of the quote unquote new internet. It's not going to be like that with generative AI. You have a, a, a year tops 18 months tops but we're already on the clock so if if you already haven't started uh your your, your bottom line is in for a very rude awakening when some, maybe some of your smaller competitors or competitors of the same size if they've already been using generative ai for months yeah you're in trouble yeah uh, i mean sobering it's a sobering to think about that but you're absolutely correct um and i'm just worried about the people that are too stuck in their old ways to even you know, make that shift. But, you know, whether they like it or not, it's going to happen. I think ultimately, most of the software and tools and platforms that we use will incorporate AI such that it'll be easier for an everyday person to use it, what, you know, instead of going straight to ChatGPT and trying to engineer prompts and things like that. Um, but, you know, what I'm noticing on enterprise level is they're essentially, you know, other than, you know, using ChatGPT for the basics, they're using or they're waiting for enterprise platforms like Databricks, these different platforms to incorporate AI for them. And then just by using those platforms, they're AI enabled, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of, it's been a lot of wait and see, right? Um, which I get, don't get me wrong. Like it makes sense because uh, especially if your leadership is not, uh, tech focused, if you're in a traditionally um, <laughs> like non-technical industry, 
I get it and I understand it. You know, old school industries, old school businesses. Um, you know, so I can I can put myself. You know, I I, I can try to practice sympathy there. Um, but you still just can't wait and see anymore, right? Like we are past the point of wait and see because within a couple of hours, some basics of Microsoft Copilot are going to be uh, available for people, right? And then in less than two months, so in like five weeks, it's going to be available in the operating system. So we are far past the wait and see uh, time point. So this is the, you've got to get your ducks in a row, right? Like I've been screaming out loud, like big, all big companies need uh, chief AI officers, right? This, these aren't roles like handling AI. It's not a role for your CMO. It's not a role for your CTO. It's not a role for your, you know, chief information officer, like bigger companies. If you have a C-suite and if you don't already have a dedicated AI space at your C-suite table, again, you're asking to get lapped. You're, you're asking to fall behind. Um, so, so that's another thing is people need to, companies need to treat generative AI um, as its own entity because it is. It's not just, you know, it's not like your CTO's job is going to go away when AI comes. That's not how it works. Their, their normal workload is going to continue uh, to, to grow and expand as more and more technology, even outside of the AI bubble, continues to infiltrate our, our daily lives and you know businesses, how they operate. Yeah. Uh, last question for you, Jordan. What are your future predictions? Five to 10 years. And I'll give you mine after you give me yours. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think it'll change work or life or... And I always joke about, uh, I always joke with people and say that AI is going to force us all to learn how to juggle because entertainment is the only useful enterprise for humans in the future. <laughs> but, you know, it's a little tongue in cheek. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I Here's the thing. I always try to balance um, any sort of fears with excitement. You know, I, I always try to uh, take an optimistic approach. Um, however, we have to also, as a society, especially here in the US, we also have to be real. And a lot of companies, you know, some companies have already said it, right? Like, hey, we're, uh, I think it was IBM with the 8,700 jobs, you know, a couple months ago, they said, nope, we're not hiring for these. These are going to be AI. So uh, I do think that generative AI is going to be incredibly disruptive for the U.S. economy. Um, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty um, with what happens in a lot of sectors. You know, if, if, if I'm being honest, you know, there's like when I try to talk about the future of generative AI, I always have to dispel what I personally find the most annoying and ill-informed saying there is out there when it comes to generative AI, because I think that business leaders have used this saying as a security blanket and it's false. When they say AI won't take your job, someone using AI will. It's not the truth because someone using AI will take five jobs, 10 jobs, 20 jobs. And as we work and get closer to agents, which we don't have to get into because that's a whole nother conversation, you know, generative AI agents um, aren't fantastic right now, but companies are out there raising um, hundreds of millions of dollars 
to build uh, generative AI agents that will do a lot of the knowledge work we do. So don't get me wrong. There will be millions of jobs created in the AI space that don't exist right now. So will AI lead to great job creation? Absolutely. But it will lead to much more, far more job displacement than creation. It is not a one-to-one. It is not this person uses AI, so they'll take over this person's job who doesn't use AI. It's not how it works. The other thing that we have to keep in mind, which people just ignore this, maybe because they have clients and they don't want to you know, make them mad, but Wall Street hates employees. Look what happens anytime a public company lays off 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 employees, stock goes soaring. <laughs> right? That's the other thing. We don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. We say, oh no, AI is great. It's going to create millions of jobs. Sure. Yes. AI is great. Yes. It'll create millions of jobs, but it'll displace far more. Um, and, and as companies, the biggest companies figure this out, the same companies investing billions of dollars into their own AI, into their own large language models, into other generative AI companies, those same companies investing hundreds and millions or billions of dollars into generative AI are also laying off thousands of people. So you have to do the math. You have to be uh, realistic uh, about this. And it, it can be hard to be optimistic, but I still think you have to. So like my advice, and even as we look in the future, you just have to learn generative AI uh, because it is going to greatly change um, how business is done, especially here in the US where we are not big on regulation. Uh, you know, other companies have have figured it out and kind of put up, you know, quote unquote safeguards, which we haven't done here in the U.S. So, yeah, the future, even five years is is hard for me to to fathom. But uh, to put it shortly, the like the future of work is way different. If you're not using generative AI now or in five years, I I don't see even your place at the table <laughs> because uh, generative AI, we, we're not going to have that 10 year window. We're going to have a year and a half, two years max. So in five years, everyone's going to be using generative AI in their day-to-day -day role. If you work in front of a computer. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And to piggyback off of what you said, you know, one of my future predictions is, well, it's not even a prediction in, in general technology has a deflationary effect on the economy. So it will help with inflation. Uh, it will, potentially reduce the cost without reducing the value of these companies because it'll be easier to do everything that we're already doing. So, I mean, what you said is spot on. And I think that, you know, this wave is going to sweep people away if they don't um, prepare themselves in advance. And I, I really, you know, I tell people that uh, it's always better for you to strategize before you have to, as opposed to waiting and seeing what the market decides. And then you just being kind of, uh, a victim of whatever is the result of that. So I think that both organizations and individuals need to kind of play a little bit of uh, imaginative, you know, uh, role playing to see where where can this industry go or where wh what is the state of what I do and my position and how can AI change it so that I'm ahead of the curve and not kind of um, on the uh, losing end of the of the battle because at the end of the day everyone's going to shuffle, but if you know where you might go, you can get behind that. So uh, it's it's interesting, it's terrifying, it's exciting, it's all of the above, right? So that's that's really great. Um, so we'll see. I guess what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. And and like you said, I mean, you can't um, you can't skip over the 
excitement aspect. You you have to be optimistic um, because yeah, there's a lot of unknowns, and you know you can't just you know put your pessimistic hat on, and that's not a fun world to live in. You know when you're just you know, scared or, um, extremely hesitant, um, you know, to, to work or to dive headfirst into generative AI, you know, even the people who are building it aren't sure what the world's going to look like in two to five years. So I just think you have to look at the exciting aspects. You have to, um, be optimistic and you have to just dive in and you have to learn it, um, and, and put it, put it to use. Um, because that's the only way I think that organizations can push their way forward is if you, um, can adapt this head on quickly and throughout your entire organization. Um, so yeah, the, the future, yes, it is, it is exciting. Um, there are some confusing and uncomfortable feelings that I think a lot of business leaders have, but you just have to meet all those things head on, um, with an optimistic point of view. In conclusion, pay attention. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. Jordan, this has been a great talk. It's really good to see you again. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can look for the Everyday AI podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, or you can go to youreverydayai.com, youreverydayai.com. We put all the information up there, the newsletter, podcast, all that. So yeah, if, if people are interested in learning about AI every single day, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jordan. It was good talking to you. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate it.